0: Welcome to another Firms Consulting podcast. I finished a call about maybe 40, 50 minutes ago with a very interesting candidate who was going through our screening program to see if he would be a good fit to join the Firms Consulting case coaching program. And um, he was a nice guy. I enjoyed speaking to him. And something came up in the early part of the call that I had never addressed in a podcast or anywhere else. And I think that it is something that is definitely worthy of a podcast. So basically, the story goes like this, right? He is a Deloitte consultant. And he comes from, let's say, a small South American country like Chile. And that country has never paid for a Deloitte senior consultant to do their MBA before. And they have agreed to pay for his MBA because he was a good performer based on his resume I can see he's obviously someone who's done very well they uh, were impressed with what he had put together they were impressed with his trajectory and they decided you know what we are going to pay for you to do your MBA at Wharton and we want you to come back and bring all those skills and help us build a practice so when the candidate told me that my first reaction to him was let's call him Hector. for example. Hector, I think we should stop the screening interview now. And the reason I'm going to do that is because you know full well that the most important part about firms consulting is the value system we have. Nothing is more important than the value system. And the reason I'm going to stop that, the screening call, because in good conscience, I cannot put you through the screening interview knowing that you are doing something that does not fit with our value system. And our value system is about doing what's in your best interest, even if it hurts us. And for me, stopping this screening call—you know, obviously, it's potentially turning around, turning away a client who could join our program, which is not cheap, and and so on. But the point is, it's not in his in is not in his interest to continue. And let me explain to you why I thought, how I thought this through. When when he signed that offer with Deloitte in Chile, for example. He signed a morally binding and a legally binding agreement, not just to have Deloitte pay for his MBA, but also to come back and bring that knowledge. And it is very possible that someone like McKinsey and BCG would have bought off his contract. I know because I've seen that happen. I've orchestrated that a few times for very promising candidates. But my feeling is that that is the wrong way to do things. I can imagine a small practice, you know, Deloitte's a federation of practices, a small practice like Chile, and there's many small practices for Deloitte. It is not a small investment for them to pay all that money to send someone across to Wharton or Harvard to be educated and to come back. You sign a contract saying that, look, I will take the funding, I will go across to the United States. I will improve my knowledge of strategy, build good networks, build good relationships, and bring all that thinking back. And I would help make Deloitte Santiago a much better office. I can see that ha- I can uh, I can see how important this is to the firm because you know Deloitte's a federation. The money isn't there to do these things outside of the United States, London, and a few other very very wealthy offices, and a few very wealthy offices, right? Not not many of them. But beyond that, you also have to think about the team obligation here Now, this guy's a senior consultant he's got analyst reporting team and consultants who are obviously looking up to him and saying, "Wow, you know what? They send Hector to Wharton, maybe one day they'll send me there. I've got to work harder and so on and I can imagine the fallout if Hector doesn't return to Santiago to work for Deloitte. Firstly, I don't think the partners are ever going to do this again. I can imagine all the people that Hector has worked with are going to lose out on a tremendous opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that Hector needs to do something that is not in his best interest. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that when you commit to something, you cannot break that commitment. And this is a very rare opportunity where the firm has not only committed to him, they've also invested in him. And he knew the consequences when he accepted this. So I stopped the screening interview and I talked Hector through what I think he needs to do and what I think he needs to do to manage his career to make sure it doesn't just become average for the rest of his life. And we had a good call for about an hour, but the screening interview ended after 10 minutes and there was no chance that it would continue because it goes against our value system. You have to do what's in the best interest of a client. And for me, Hector should go back to Deloitte Chile because that is the commitment he made more than that you know to quote Kevin Coyne, you know joining McKinsey is just one thing in life you don't have to be you don't you will not be that great if you become a McKinsey senior partner I can assure you or a BCG senior partner yes it sounds glamorous and exciting and everything is so wonderful and you arrive at hotels and you get the you know A-list treatment But that's all relative at the end of the day. You have to feel good about the choices you make. But beyond feeling good about the choices you make, you have to make good choices. At the end of the day, the decisions you make is like a credit card. You make the right decisions, you earn credit to spend later. You make bad decisions, you owe someone something. And I thought about this very carefully, and I cannot justify Hector leaving Deloitte Chile knowing what he knew when he signed that contract there's not just the investment side there's also all of the commitments made and how it's going to impact his team so my advice to Hector was that he should go back to Deloitte Santiago but there's nothing in the playbook from the Deloitte Santiago partners saying that you know what Hector when you return to Santiago we want you to be average no Hector can do a whole lot of things to bolster his performance at Wharton. Second, he can do a whole lot of things to make sure that he's an outstanding consultant when he returns to Deloitte Santiago. What I pointed out to him is that you know, given his background and grades and so on, if he returns to Deloitte, he's going to have the room, the freedom, I think the authority somewhat to, to make Deloitte Santiago into an outstanding strategy practice. The partners are not saying, hey, come back and be average. No, they want you to do ambitious things, and you need to raise your ambition. So the question to Hector was that, okay, what do you need to do now? With two years left in your program, or more or less, to ensure that when you return, you are an outstanding person, ex-MBA graduate, to rebuild the strategy team in Santiago. What's stopping you from doing that? Just your ambition, right? And And the fact that you're scared for hard work. And also, what stops you from becoming a Deloitte partner that goes on to run a a Fortune 500 company? I mean, that's the one thing I don't really understand about people who work at Deloitte and Accenture and so on and who criticize the firm. And I hear this a lot from people who work there where they'll tell me that, hey, Michael, I work at Accenture, I work at Deloitte, but, you know, the firm's not a training ground for CEOs. Do you think when Marvin Bauer graduated from uh, Harvard Law School and Harvard MBA program and he joined – McKinsey well then it was James O. McKinsey and company. There was this there was a system of developing CEOs. No, I can assure you there was nothing like that. You have to understand that um, James O. McKinsey was an accounting a glorified accounting firm. Marvin Bauer came in and he had a vision of what he wanted to create it, and he created it. And I look at all these consultants who are telling me, "We have to go to McKinsey to learn how to develop strategy." And, and I will caution you and say, "No, you don't have to do that." There's a fantastic opportunity here for you to go back to a team that has really trusted and put a lot into you, and you know, for small practices, spending, what's it, like 200,000 dollars over two years to fund someone's MBA is not cheap. It, it's a big investment for them. You return to Santiago. I remember Marvin Bauer. He created something great. There is nothing stopping you from saying, you know what, I will return as a manager or senior manager, whatever position they'll bring you back in, probably manager. Um, I'll then work really hard to find a way to transfer the skills I learned from my MBA into as many of the local consultants as I can. I'll also find a way to build relationships right now with people that I could maybe bring or help train the local office. And yes, maybe initially your training is not going to be as great as McKinsey. It's probably not. You're not going to have the toolkits to do it. But I can assure you, someone who is determined over time will build something great. It is a myth to think companies are invincible. I'm not saying that this guy is going to topple McKinsey, but who's to say he's not going to do that? And you can be any Deloitte partner you want to be. In my opinion, the only reason that we have we see so many Deloitte and Accenture partners running Fortune 500 companies is not that there's anything wrong with Deloitte and Accenture. It's because I do believe that the people in those firms have decided that they are not good enough, or they're not willing to work hard enough, or they don't know how to get there, and they're not willing to try to get there. You know, you must always think about Marvin Bauer sitting there, an associate going out there and trying to figure out what to do, not sure what to do. You've got this slightly crazy man called James O. McKinsey who doesn't want to take a break when he has pneumonia and driving people to wrench out you know, accounting changes in the system. And this young individual has got to find a way to try to develop an organization that's going to be bigger than accounting and talk to general management principles when there's no precedent for what he's doing. A lot of trial and error, a lot of mistakes, a lot of failures. Even if you read the history of McKinsey, both the authorized version and the archives in the organization, they did some pretty dodgy things, nothing illegal, but things that you would never think they would do just to survive and to be able to fund the things they want to do. The point is, in life, you all you have is your values. That's all you have. All you have is your integrity. You know, the guy could have, this guy, I mean, I think he's a smart guy. I'm pretty sure that you know, he'd get enough of a McKinsey. I know they. He told me, and I believe him, that they are heavily trying to get him to apply, and you know, basically, you know, stalking him to apply. Yeah, he'd get into McKinsey. He would, he would probably be very successful. But can you imagine the damage he would leave in Santiago? And the the, the moral of the story here is that it's not whether you can get away with it; it's whether it's worth getting away with it in the first place. Sixty years from now. This guy's going to be, what, 80? Okay, maybe we was 70. I'm not sure how long he's going to live. You want to be proud of the choices you make. And when I say proud of the choices you make, I do not mean making, I don't mean compromising. I don't mean being average. Personally, I'm not someone who ever wants to be average. The last thing I want is to say on my tombstone, you know, Michael B. lived a happy life and died. I would rather shoot myself now if that was going to be the case. But you need to have a strong value system and not, move off that and at the end of the day we have to play the cards we are given and those cards are not perfect by all means no one gets a straight flush well a few people do You know, they're, they look like they should be on the cover of a Hugo Boss advert they win an Olympic gold medal they come from a good background they go to a great school they finish with distinction they have a good background but I can assure you that even those people have something that we are not aware of that makes them unhappy in life you have to play the cards you're given, do things that stick to your value system, honor the agreements you make, and be willing to live with the consequences of the agreements you break. Life is that simple. We talk about values a lot, but we also live our values. And this is a very good example of where we walk away from revenue if it doesn't fit our value system. I will make sure I stay in touch with Hector because I think he's a very nice guy. And no, it didn't take me any convincing to tell them, you know what, just forget about McKinsey, forget about BCG. Here's a firm that really cannot afford to send you there, but they're doing it. And in my opinion, that is the most amazing thing to find an organization that doesn't have the money to pay for you, but they're willing to do that. Do you know how hard that is to find? Why would you want to leave them? Sure, it may not have the prestige of McKinsey now, but what's stopping you from creating that? All it takes is one person with determination to change things. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm not saying he'll do it. But one thing that I did enjoy about this conversation is that I didn't have to convince him of the decision. He just accepted, you know what, Michael, you're right. I agree with what you're saying. I've been thinking about it as well, but I just want to hear someone else say that, so I'm going to do that. And I think you know, he's a good guy. He got into a great school, he's got a good background, but that value system, if that value system guides him the way it's guiding him right now, he will make a big impact in the world. And I can imagine some people listening to this podcast, rolling their eyes and saying, nah, we'd never do that. No, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But I can assure you, you know to quote the dean of the Kellogg School of Business, I think it's Sally Blount now is the dean of the Kellogg School of Business. I like something she says about life. She says that, Life is a series of transactions. Every time you speak to someone, you buy bread, you engage a colleague in a corridor, it's a transaction. You may not understand the monetary gain to the transaction, but you've either maintained the status quo of the relationship, you've improved your credibility, or you've decreased your credibility. If you've decreased your credibility, somewhere down the line, you're going to want this person to do something for you, but because you've decreased your credibility in their eyes, the cost goes up of getting them to help you if you've increased your credibility the cost goes down and it's hard to see this everyone thinks no i just need to get in to mckinsey now and i'll be i'll do the right thing later that's not how life works having values means you're willing to bear the cost of sticking to them and i'm really proud of the decision Hector has made I must say I don't see many candidates doing that Uh, a guy was being you know pushed by McKinsey to apply they really want him there they're trying as much as possible to get him into the program the game to the firm and he's going to say you know what I'm going back to Deloitte to work in in a small practice because I believe that we've got the right culture the right value system and if it may not be perfect but I believe I'll be in a position to influence that when I get back to me that is what consulting is about it's about the value system and if you have that in place you can do all the other things you can learn all the other things that's what i told him you don't have to be at mckinsey to learn strategy it's a shortcut there are ways to learn strategy without being there in time we can have that discussion but for now you focus on your grades because if you want your Wharton mba to carry weight remember when you are 60 years old and the ceo of codelco hopefully it will say on your resume on the bio on your website Hector, whatever, what an MBA graduated with distinction. It's there forever. Grades matter, ignore everything else. So we had a long discussion about what he can do now in these next two years for his MBA to bolster his MBA so that it puts him in the best position when he graduates and returns. And what are the things he should be thinking about now to make sure that when he returns he is in a position to drive that local practice to do high-end strategy it's not going to be easy but it can be done all you need is one person who's really committed to doing it willing to work long hours and to change things and it can be done and at the end of the day i think most people would probably dismiss this podcast and say well i would never do that but that's okay There are very few people who do have values. And I'm not saying that you don't have values if you wouldn't do the same thing, but I think that you have to question what kind of person you are if you walk away from the moral and commercial agreement that you have in place. And I can imagine this discussion with Hector, you know, 12 months ago when he was negotiating for the practice to pay. You know, I'll definitely come back. I'll definitely bring back all the skills. There are expectations... And I think in life, you have to fulfill those expectations. Not everything we do are things we like. And we don't always get to like whatever we do. But I was so impressed to see someone that young make a decision like that so quickly. And to me, it's all about the values. And you know, I can see this guy doing the right things in the future and being very successful because... If you can get me was quite cynical, I would think, and very questioning in 15 minutes to change my mind about you through just the way you talk. I think you can get a lot of people to back you. Um, and in life, to be a leader, you need to have followers, and to have followers, you don't get to be you don't get handed followers, you've got to convince them. And that's what he did with me, and I can just see that style of communication working so well in a client situation. In any situation, here's a guy who's honest and I don't know what to do. I think this is the right decision, but what do you you think? Not pretending to be arrogant, not trying to be overconfident, just sincere about his decisions and decisive in his decisions. And it's so rare that I see that, that I just had to put out a podcast and say, you know what, this is something that I think is worth emulating. As always, I'll be more than happy to answer any comments on this.